0: Michael. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Um, doing good. Had a had a good day. I'm um, enjoying myself. Really relax and talk talk uh, talk
1: sci-fi. That's you know what. That's exactly what I'm needing as well. Had a good weekend. Lots of house house projects done. Getting ready for the week work week. But I'm ready to take a step back and say, you know what, world, take a chill pill. I'm gonna. I'm going to dive into sci-fi world. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this chat tonight.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, that's exactly kind of where I'm at right now too. I'm like, you know, I want to escape. (laughs) I want to escape right now. Yeah. I want to talk about a whole different universe and a whole different world. And just talk about like possibilities and fun stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, where, where I thought I'd kick off here is this last week, I just had a little bit of a itch. I don't know what it is, like, when I I do want to escape and think about something fun or, like, think about a movie genre that I haven't quite explored yet. I was thinking about it, like, I always think about alternate human creation theory and, like, oh, what are some things that happen outside of maybe Darwinism or something that happened outside of, you know, like, typical like Christianity or any any sort of religion. And I got to look at it, I'm like, well, I don't know. And, like, I, I get stuck down the path of, like, looking into things like the Anunnaki, like uh, about like how they think about, about a theory of the uh, alien civilization that created us. I'm like, well, that's sure. sci- sci-fi enough as it is. And I wanted to find a movie that mimics that it turns yeah. out they, they don't really have one, but the closest thing I could find was Prometheus. Yep. Yeah. And that's and... where I, I started, I started watching it. I'm like, yep, this is exactly what I'm looking into. And I just opened up an entire door. I'm like, yeah, this is what I needed.
1: Full circle, full circle, right? Yeah so I you, mean go ahead for, yeah sorry I mean for, for me what's what's interesting about this conversation is we we obviously we're impressed by Raised by Wolves right such a great tv show and really Scott's great it's changing how sci-fis look and how they interact but you and I kind of hit a wall our ability to create podcasts was not able to scale with how fast you and I consume content right mm-hmm. and so you know, by the time we're on like episode three, you and I are in in, from a, um, a content consuming perspective have kind of moved on. We've we've already started watching other things, thinking about other things. And in all fairness, the entire time we were talking about raised by wolves, the back of my head was burning with holy shit. I can't wait till Dennis either rewatches the original alien. You know, gives aliens another watch if he gets into Prometheus, if he gets into Covenant, into the whole series, and sees the massive connections of how Ridley Scott works, and you know the undertones, the 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 whole conversation. And I and I, I really appreciate kind of you saying, you know what, screw it, let's just jump into it because that's how these conversations should happen. They should be organic. It should be like a thought map where. An idea from one episode might not pair perfectly into the next sequential episode, but might branch off into a a whole separate topic from another film or a whole separate topic from a whole other series of films. And um, I just thought that the second you connected that dot, that like Prometheus with Ridley Scott does all kinds of great things. It's just I was like, yes, let's throw off the chains You know, I know we're trying to create a episodic podcast experience here, but it's also about just having fun and having an outlet to express ourselves. So this is us, you know, tossing off the chains, saying, we just got, Dennis just got come catching up on what, what'd you watch? You watched Prometheus and Covenant. Yeah. It's a high level of what you're caught up on, so we can kind of set expectations for the listener, and they can decide, what
0: should I be listening to or considering before really getting into this combo with Mike and Dennis. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, what what I like about it is I have the fresh perspective of like, hey, I watched Alien a long time ago when I was a kid, teenager. Maybe once, like, oh, cool, crazy, Alien, uh, chess popper, Uh, like interesting things like that. I'm like, oh, that's a a sci-fi. But I did not realize the universe that goes behind it. And at some point, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm like, did I watch Prometheus when it came out? If I did, I didn't really take a whole lot of stock in it. But then after, like I said, I kind of got interested here. That's when I, I watched Prometheus, kind of talked to you about it on the phone just for like a couple minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I, I got into Covenant, and then some, or then I watched Covenant about a, five days later just to kind of get that like directly after effect and see where the storyline goes. And then now I'm trying not to do too much research into it. I'm going to go back and watch the original aliens just to kind of see where it is. But yeah, I basically watched those two and now I'm slowly starting to dip my toes into the rest of it and probably watch everything else after this. <laughs> nice. And I think that's perfect, right? So there's probably a good portion
1: either all of these movies and just wants to hear kind of a um, an open dialogue between somebody who's been kind of immersed in this a while and someone who's kind of taking a fresh take. And so I... I I guess spoiler alert for movies that have been out for over a decade but <laughs> yeah, not really. Exactly. Um just to have that in context folks we we're we're trying to have a fun, you know, energetic conversation that makes you think about how the movies are connected, how they apply to reality, different concepts around science fiction. So take it for what it's worth. Um and that just know that that's more or less the the context for how we're watching these
0: episodes. So I'm excited to jump in if you are. Yeah, I I, I definitely i am too what what would you think where's a good jumping off point here and yeah so many places to start i i i think i think
1: it's worth a really good time allocation specifically to prometheus for a lot of different reasons there's a lot of deeper lore there that is really fascinating that could give some people some different reasons to do some research and some things um and for you um but I think if we just gave a decent amount of time to Prometheus and um, kind of talk through that origins of it, feelings of it, maybe talk at, le- at a little high level, is this connected? What, what was your general feeling after you saw, you know, Raised by Wolves first versus Prometheus? And then um, I'll give some commentary on kind of my experience with it, with knowing, knowing the franchise and being familiar with it for a long time. And then from there, we can maybe branch into what your thoughts are for what could be going forward with the film. So I'd say decent time into Prometheus, talk a little bit more about Covenant, where it's kind of taking the story and, and different connections there. And go further. so I'd say Prometheus, Covenant, and then ad hoc from there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a good place. And in case anyone hasn't seen these movies, obviously Prometheus and Alien Covenant are prequels uh, to the original Alien franchise, which I'm sure there's a lot of things that kind of expand on it, but where, where it kind of starts where I got the most interest, what I why I sought this out, that I just randomly stumbled into this. I'm like, oh well, let's see how like some ideas are a movie, how human life was created on Earth. And they, they essentially they they kinda explain that here. They kinda do, but they they kinda don't. I mean you look at it as like <laughs> they say like, hey, there's these big, ginormous humanoid things that look very similar to us. But obviously, much bigger. What, what do they call them? They call them the engineers. Is that right? Yep. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the engineers, more or less. They, you know, the opening scenes, this guy taking a shot of black goo. God only knows what it is. Dying into a, then he dives into a, a like, what what is it? Like a, a, waterfall a river or waterfall yeah. and then, or something. then all of a sudden life is born <laughs> like but also you <laughs> kind of keep in in mind the thing i had to think about i'm like well general idea of evolution is like okay this happens over hundreds of thousands of years you know so fast it actually happened how like humans were created that way so you got to suspend some belief there but that's what was most interesting to me i'm like oh this is really cool and then basically the whole movie was just trying to chase back like hey, we need to go back to the engineers. We need to have a conversation with them. We need to see why they did what they did, what their reasoning was. And then, then, like, I don't know if we want to get to the climax already, but that was the most surprising thing to me. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that's how the conversation should go.
1: This is is a post-watching movie. This is not a rewatch of Prometheus. You know, go check out those channels if you need to. But just dive into it. Basically, it's the premise that humanity was not, Randomly created yeah. uh, life on Earth from a human perspective was not through um, through uh, natural select, well, uh, chaotic natural selection and in, in, in no specific origin. It was seeded. We were basically created by these engineers and um, that was a big reveal. You know, most science fictions always tiptoe around it and they get you to question it. And they kind of leave the movie with, well, think about it, you know, it's like you should think about it. Maybe we weren't, maybe, maybe, maybe we were created by a God or maybe we weren't. And it's just about the natural selection and evolution process that proves us for what we are. This movie comes out and says, no, <laughs> we were created uh, for a, for a purpose. And. Not only were we created for a, a purpose, but the people who created us, we don't even know what their intentions were. And they seemed like tangible, um, you know, uh, flawed, not perfect living beings who are incredibly powerful and impressive, yes, but not a God, right? Yeah. Not a supreme being, some kind of uh, people who've, who've manipulated biological matter in a certain way to create us. And it leaves you with that. And I thought that was just brave. Is shit, and I love that. It's one of the reasons Prometheus is absolutely one of my favorite movies. It, it, it's one of the first movies who doesn't leave you with the the, the cliche scientific um, ending. Well, you decide what should happen. No, it's a bold statement. Sorry, in this sci-fi universe, we were created by engineers, and um, wrestle with that. Think about it. What would that change? How you feel about yourself, about humanity, and our place in the universe, and what's your thoughts on it? So. I mean, from there, Dennis, what did you think? I thought that was awesome.
0: Like, yeah, I thought it was, like, yeah. so, like <laughs> you can sink your teeth into it. Like you said, like, they just come out and say it because I don't know what it's been about, like, Hollywood movies, about, like, you know, you, you watch aliens or something like that. There's It's just a mystery. Like, it's just like, hey, right. they're coming to this earth. And they're intentionally they're, Yeah, like, they're coming to the earth, and they, they want what we have. But, like, but they don't actually give a reason other than, like, you guys are a threat. We need to kill you. Like, it's, it's – right. uh, in this, it was, like – yeah, they do leave you with a good amount of like ambiguity and they don't actually answer the questions. But I think that's because they're kind of setting up for more installments a little bit later on to kind of build anticipation. But where I could dig into this is I'm like, yep, this is the people who created us. And then what happens to us as like humans or like, you know, the, what we were created, we create something, right? We created Androids. We created AI. We We created the, like, an actual Android, and then there's a lot of like wrestling with like the Android who has sentience, and like kind of discussing with us, but, like, well, if you know what, like, you created us, and then we created you, like, or if they created you, and then you created us, and then they like kind of go down that path of like, oh, I guess we're just one one step removed here. Yeah, I thought it was perfect. I thought it it did it gave perfect dialogue
1: to bring that conversation that that very heady conversation about the origin of humanity into a very organic, easily consumable conversation. I think it was between David the Android and not Dr. Shaw, but her boyfriend, yeah. right? What was his name? Um, they're at the pool table and he says, you know, uh, they, they lay land on LV4 something, 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 the planet in Prometheus, which is not the planet from, original, from the original Alien mm-hmm. film. Um, but basically they... You know, he's asking, like, you're able to meet, I wanted to come here and meet my creator. It wasn't enough that we find this giant building. It wasn't enough that we see these digital recordings of these giant creatures running in their suits, running away from some problem. It wasn't enough that we get one of their heads and we can map their DNA. It wasn't enough for him that their DNA sequence matches ours identically. Like, that wasn't enough for him. He was still pissed because he couldn't meet his maker. Wah, wah, yep. wah. And, and I found it so fascinating how he's talking to David, and he's just being—he's being all, you know, upset about it, and, and self-indulgent, and pitying himself. And David's like, you know, kind of calling him out, like, you know, I—I I know my creators, and you don't, and you're kind of—you're—you're you're missing the point. This is a massive discussion uh, of discovery to to worth being, you know, paying respect to and understanding. But we're, we're, you're 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 kind of misjudging it with your human emotions. I thought that was such a cool way. To, to bring that idea into the conversation around what would happen if we did if we could could you know draw a clear as uh, evidence-based lineage back to nope we we were created by something and we don't know why so it's it's a pursuit we've talked about on these episodes for a long time just because you answer a question doesn't mean it's the end of the game it's all over we know everything now we've reached final self-realization it just leads to more questions. Yep. Why did they build us? Why did they leave? Why is it by the end of the movie one of the ships was intended to come back to Earth to kill exactly. us? They were going to come back and nuke us with that black goo. And it, it just leads to more questions. And I thought that was fascinating. And I remember when the film came out, because I was massively into it, um, looking look into all the reasons, and Ridley Scott was doing interviews for talking about like different reasons. I think he made a comment at one point that one of the ideas that he he had is is that um of all the faiths on the earth, one of them was christianity, and that that Jesus was an engineer or or something along those lines he was a, he was an, an alien Jesus right and when we crucified him, when the Romans crucified him, the engineers were like, "Oh he was supposed to lead them to to salvation and to better fulfillment, but they ended up fucking killing him. So now we're going to go back and that's the ethical marker for why the engineers were like, Nope, ready to nuke them. So the movie never says it outright, but there's all kinds of interesting internet culture out there that kind of alludes that that might've been the cause for why they, why they
0: came back. But that's a, no, that's a really cool perspective. I hadn't heard that before, but I'm like, Hey, that's a really good like storyline. And like, I'm like, wow, that that would make a ton of sense that the creators, the engineers created something like for a, a betterment, maybe to like, keep their legacy going on, maybe, like, create, like, a, a safe haven, like, a, something like that that thousands of years go on. They're like, oh, no, these guys are flawed just as badly as we are because apparently we had to run too. So, right. uh, it's, but now my question, like, that's just the theory on why they had to do it. And also, when we get to that point where they actually go speak to the engineer and ask them the question, he gets extremely mad. He's like, oh, like, he almost treats him like children. Like, get the hell out of here. I got stuff to do. He's like, he's like, I got to go nuke earth and then I got to do this. Like, like almost like yeah. in a hurry, like he missed something and he's like, oh no, it's already too late. Yeah. No, that's a great
1: question. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the quintessential answer. I have ideas maybe. One thing I thought was interesting is um, on the flight over, David was looking into ancient human cultures to try to learn to speak their language. Huh. And after the engineer wakes up, David is just, um, Waylon is telling him, like, talk to him, ask him, because that's why I'm here. I literally preserved myself selfishly on this ship to come to our makers and ask them all the questions we all want to ask. Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? And, you know, what what does all this mean? And he tells David what he created to ask the engineer, because he can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the engineer looks at him curiously and goes, what the hell? And he reaches down, and at first it seems – you know, like a gentle touch, a gentle embrace. He's, he's analyzing this living being that he's speaking to him in an ancient tongue. And he rips yes. his head off. Like total 180. Just total. And, 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 and one of the theories I thought was that, yes, they created humans, right? Um, but I wonder if he was able to detect the artificial nature yeah. of David. Was was he able to detect? Okay, this isn't a human. This isn't something I've created. This is something my creation created, and this is garbage. And I, I that was that was my generic assertion of, or guess at what it could have been. But I don't, I don't you know you can look at all kinds of th- stuff online for what you know the what some people perceive, and, and a lot of people who've broken down videos to give you more credible evidence of what it is. But I I think he just he was just like this. What is this thing? I need, to, I need to kill it, and, and this is not – these are not humans. These are not my creation, and I'm already mad at them anyways. He probably woke up mad anyways if, there, if that one theory that holds true for – even if it was Jesus was an engineer or not, the whole premise that um, we messed up, we did something wrong. He would wake up, and he would be mad at us just like parents are mad at the children who you know breaks the cookie jar reaching for yeah. a cookie. You just go, stop that. You're in trouble. I'm mad at you. <laughs> and, and, I, and I wonder if that was kind of the premise, but I, I, I that's my, that's my best take or my best answer I can give with what information. That's we're given.
0: In, yeah. That's why I was, because I, I kind of looked at it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, we never get a clear answer of why he freaks out. But I, as I'm talking to him, like that makes a lot of sense. And he's just like, Oh no, I've been asleep for this long and they've already created their own creation. He's like, I, I need to right Cause I know that this, this, these guys this need a cycle. Be nipped. It's they, like they're it's creating a cycle. I'm like, yeah, look what I did, then you're gonna do it, then that person's gonna do it. Then this also begs the question, what created the engineers? Then like we go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> like just a huge rabbit hole, like, oh my god. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's where it gets really interesting, you know. I think but before I hop on, there's a couple anecdotes or a couple comments that I think could be really interesting and worth calling out. And we'll probably address this at a later date once you rewatch the original Alien. Yep. But what was really interesting for me when I watched Prometheus is a big deal for me was for years, my family, my dad, bless his heart, was kind enough to like let me, even as like an eight or nine-year-old boy, watch Alien. Now, in all fairness, he would always say like when, when scenes would get really rough, like for the chest buster scene and for uh, all those other kind of more violent uh, components that you'll be getting into here in a minute when you rewatch it, I would kind of watch through my fingers or he'd say go hop in the other room. Um, but I'll never forget that first scene in Alien, when they walk into this derelict ship, which was a design we never saw before. We never saw this dark, bone organic structure, and the the, the, the crew of the Nostromo come across this this, this what they deemed the space jockey, this this suit, this bipedal exoskeleton bones, you know. We only now know is a suit because now you confirmed the engineers it was a suit you know grown into the chair when I first watched it. I thought there was some kind of weird alien species that had their nose like connected to the chest plate of the suit, and I thought that was like not a suit. I mm-hmm. thought it was an alien, yep. right I thought that maybe the interior of this thing was was a compartment of some kind, but um, for literally 20 or 30 years, we were asking questions around like, well, are the xenomorphs weapons? Are they eggs? Maybe. I remember my family had a theory. My dad or my brother had a theory for a while. Maybe maybe the eggs was a virus in the ship. Something went wrong on the ship. Like the ship is this biologically grown thing, and they 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 tame it because it's a living being to do what they want it to but perhaps the aliens was a virus or an auto an uh, auto response that the system does because it went haywire. Some kind of something went yeah. off the rails. But what I always what I always thought was really interesting about um, what 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 Prometheus did to all the fans who've been fans for a long time is it completely changed it and said instead of making them very alien and making this weird you know elephant species, let's make them more human fact let's tie them to humanity and so it, it was that to me was a really good example and this will resonate with some of the star wars fans out there i think about subverting expectations appropriately you know um a lot of a lot of film people out there like try to you know when you get to these big these big series you know fans want what they expect and then when you don't do what they expect you know you can, you can disappoint some people what Ridley Scott with making the engineers more human and connected to us directly was a great way of, of subverting expectations um, in a way that actually made you ask more questions and actually made them more interesting.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say so. And that's something that I'm like, oh, I didn't jump into it initially and like, didn't come with air, but I'm like now that I understand, I'm like, well, there's a whole new player in the game. And then we spent a lot of time yes. with Prometheus just trying to understand the engineers. I mean, there's a good good amount of time that you spent with the the actual alien, the xenomorphs and like all of that. Like you kind of right. got a little bit of uh, like understanding of there and a little bit of background, but then move into Alien Covenant and that's where it's a lot more heavy on like what, what the xenomorphs are. And I'll say like if we're kind of transitioning right. into like moving into what happens next in Alien sure. Covenant is that one thing that I was actually looking forward to a lot uh, leaving Prometheus is I'm like, Cool. They're going to the home planet. They're gonna find out more. They're gonna get answers. Right. They're absolutely gonna get answers. I'm gonna learn more. And then kind of what happens. I mean, David the the android basically exterminates them, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, that was what was wild. Like and it was you know, he basically comes up to the planet, he drops the drops the canisters and he he nukes him and he says some really cool quote, I forget what it's from some really fascinating, like, you know, and that's one thing that really stopped us so well, though so the entire alien series, he kind of ties it in to like, you know, um, reoccurring themes and actual, you know, arguably a little bit more enriching culture, right. Of like books and art and plays and poetry and stuff like that. But he says something like, he's like, ah, I forget what he said, something like, see me in despair yeah. or something like that. It's really this cool very um, almost theatrical entrance, where you know it's ironic. Here's this creation of humanity, which is the creation of engineers, and he's the one to deliver yeah. their destruction. Um, absolutely fascinating, and then and then ultimately leading to the you know the the covenant ship arriving on on their homeworld and, and potentially getting a distress signal to potentially land there
0: and uh, see what the heck's going on on yeah. their homeworld. And I mean, it kind of turns into like David evolves into this. Kind of super villainy guy that like I think he he's at the point right now where he he wants to break the cycle like you know who made the engineers engineers made humans yeah. humans made androids and so on and so forth and I think David the the androids like okay that's enough <laughs> like like he's like it was like we're we're gonna stop yeah. all this like what happens naturally I'm gonna do something differently but well he, he... no yeah, no it's fine.
1: go ahead sorry um. One thing I thought that was really cool. Quick commentary on for me, because that bleeds into this though, is like what was what was um, uh, a couple a couple fun movie tie in so, what when Michael Fassbender, who depicted David, I thought yeah. he did such a fantastic job. He he based it off of a character from a classic film, Lawrence of Arabia, and it was Peter O'Toole's interpretation of T. E. Lawrence in the World War One um, campaign in Arabia when he united the Arabs to to, to come together and to fight against the Ottoman Empire with the Allies. And uh, t- uh, the, the film's awesome. It's like multiple Academy Awards. Please, if anyone hasn't seen it, go see it. But um, he was this energetic, energetic, young leader, this char- charismatic person to lead these free people in this great direction. And they actually do a tease in the beginning of Prometheus that it's you know that's who he was idolizing. And I, what I thought was so in- interesting by the time we get to Covenant, he is the quintessential example of T.E. Lawrence going not just bad like he does in a Lawrence of Arabia where he starts to see the bloods on his own hands and he gets a little freaked out. He goes full tilt, like psychopath, self-indulgent. He, he's going to figure this world out. He's going to dictate to the world around him. And, and figure this thing out. And I thought that was such an interesting play on him as a high contrast versus a later Android version of him, Walter, who is actually a bit more similar to, um, oh my God, now I'm just amazing, mm-hmm. the Android off Aliens, yep. uh, Bishop, who's a bit mm-hmm. more tame. And seeing their dialogue back and forth was almost like a Turing test in its own right. It was just so such a fascinating take. And I loved how, you know, um, I loved how Covenant played off of that intro of David and what it means to be human and what it means to be Android. The Android would inherently have human elements and be deeply tied into our culture, but the outcome of what this Android would become when we 've made our best into this this monster um, gives us the answer we were looking at for how the hell does xenomorphs come from you know Prometheus where the, the neomorphs or the proto-xenomorphs came from. It's like, well, for years and years of of uh, cultivating and crossbreeding that David was doing mm-hmm. on the planet in Covenant is what fine-tuned the xenomorphs to be what they are today. So holy shit, we get another extensive answer to the alien-verse, but with a deeply, deep deeply cultural, a culturally deep background that kind of is an unexpected twist that is this is you know monsters start as a quote from both prometheus and lawrence arabia big things have small beginnings and i thought that was so well put for how you know david is the quintessential anti-lawrence of arabia the, the evil the evil person who goes off the rails and creates literally the
0: worst monsters that science fiction has probably ever seen and i i love the idea of like this is me kind of just having fascination with like, I understand Earth. It, it kind of like oh we've explored everything. We understand how it works. There's building blocks, and so we've done everything there. Now we right. go into entirely different planets, and we start to understand like their biology, what creatures are there, how does this happen? And in essence, David is right. He's engineering something. Is he not like like he? Yeah, right. I know it's the irony. Yeah, he's bringing the stuff there, and or he's bringing these beings to life they're like once again we're, we're left with, we're left with questions what's his why <laughs> like where, where's he going now yeah. what's his end game yeah yeah
1: why is he doing this what's his end game and, and what why you know so he did this using um ra uh, Shaw, um dr Shaw, for prometheus he somehow used her as the first host for these neomorphs uh-huh. these proto xenomorphs right and as he's per, 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 continued to perfect them and, and he was leaning on her design and the, they show his workshop which just looks like this really twisted almost da vinci-esque you know workshop of all these drawings he's making of the morphology of the different xenomorphs as he's doing crossbreeding it was just fascinating it was like he's this evil scientist mix of t.e lawrence with like the the who is the who is the there was a French friar or brother who did the first crop oh, breeding of
0: plants. I couldn't tell you. Right Forget top of name. my name.
1: I couldn't tell you, but that individual—and forgive my lack of memory at the moment—but like this twisted version of him, T. E. Lawrence and um, uh, Da Vinci, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, playing some evil flute, determining the destruction not only of the engineers but potentially humanity, as we've literally created the being. That will not only kill us, but will literally kill our creators. Yeah. Whoa, like that is a head spin. And and what a great forum. What a great, you know, um, uh, uh, palette of colors to paint with using using the colonization of of humanity and and the interaction with these engineers that are like this ancient culture and and us trying to start a new culture. It was just so well
0: done. I absolutely loved it. I thought Covenant was an absolute riot and the undertone. Yeah. And all these things was super once fun. again, I'm like, I'm just excited to see where, where they left off. Now they're, I, I didn't quite understand this, but by the end, like we, we get the big reveal that, you know, it's not, I think it was Walter, David, you know, they're both clones, but he just ends up like David ends up surviving. And then they, they right. put all the rest of the humans into right. a hybrid hy- yeah. Hibernation. And then Crowley. now they're going, where are they going? Which planet is this? And, like, I guess, what, what are they trying to accomplish there? Well, I think it ran into
1: the, from a stepping out of the, the verse a bit into, into real life logistics. I think it just went into development hell, which is you get these great ideas and they deliver. It's such a great idea, but when it comes to actually making the movie and making money, a lot of um, things come into play that prevent it from happening. I remember walking walking away from the theater with my wife Lily and going, "Man, Covenant was awesome. It, it, it's taking the Prometheus steps." had its own great science fiction ideas but getting out of the business of being a a a Mm -hmm. horror house movie you know getting into the business of let's get people thinking about shit let's get people talking about shit and i was so excited for it and i think the third film had some kind of like alien revelation or something like that and they're talking about going to the because we saw the engineer's home world it wasn't that crazy it wasn't massive and biological and you know, it, the, the, the next question, too, is, well, how did an engineer derelict ship with David's aliens, not mm-hmm. the black goo from Prometheus, but David's xenomorphs, the more advanced neomorphs, how did they get an LV-427 so that the mm-hmm. original Nostromo crash lands to find the original aliens that leads into the rest of the series? So there's tons of questions we still got to figure out. I, I think it's going to dive into that. Um, and from what stuff I looked up online, like there, there's certainly going to be some components there, but I have no idea, Dennis. And here you and I are starving for more sa- alien content and probably going to have to survive for another two to three years minimum before we get it. And so here's my, here's my suggestion and or thought to how to survive. Like, how do we do this? Like how, how have I survived from 1986 aliens or even alien yep. three, <laughs> in like 93 or 94 when whenever that thing came out surviving to have a good alien franchise movie and don't get me started about mm-hmm. alien 3 or alien resurrection but you know how do you survive um getting into these type of content uh conversations when we're probably not getting a movie in a while for me it's going in the past it's going to where did the idea of these movies come from and that's why i got into Lawrence Arabia. it's how i got some of these other movies and i think one of my other favorite tie-ins, and I couldn't recommend it more. And I, I'd highly mm-hmm. recommend you put this on your Google search list. A lot of the aesthetics of Prometheus was actually inspired by an Italian film, okay. Vampire Planet. And if you give that a look on YouTube, you don't need to watch the whole movie. But there's two callouts. One is that the suits uh-huh. in Prometheus, the big bubbleheads, right, with the blue suits with like the uh-huh. what is like the yellow piping. Or no, it's like, it like blue suits with orange piping. If you watch this film, you'll see, it, they, they, you could tell it's a low-budget Italian film, so it's all in English subtitles. But all their costumes have great design. It was made in like the late 60s, I think, early 70s. But the design of the suits, I seriously think, was an Easter egg tying back to, uh, to Vampire Planet, which is basically this, this ship, this crew, lands on an alien planet. They find this derelict ship. And when they get inside this derelict ship, rather than a big, you know, weirdly grotesque ht geiger design alien they find this giant skeleton that's you know the size of a giant 30 40 feet tall and it's laying down and and they push a button on this weird alien console and it's really eerie and it and it it depicts this alien's voice and it's this big deep elephant-esque baritone voice going evil and the the people in the ship can't understand what the hell it is it's so loud it's deafening their it's hurting their ears and they can't turn the button off they can't turn the sound off and with this really eerie feeling and you go holy shit this is where ridley scott got this idea of this movie this is where he got the idea of aliens prometheus is a no- is, is a is a is a nod if you will to vampire planet and you can see the aesthetics, and it's, all, it's the same concept. It's a horror film about a bunch of people landing on a planet getting bitten and turning mm-hmm. into vampires because of this giant alien, mm-hmm. and now the crew's getting knocked off one at a time. And you go, holy shit, this is, this is the, the thought process that led to Alien, and the design aesthetics are such that Ridley Scott, both in Prometheus and in Covenant, was kind of tipping his hat <laughs> saying, thank you, vampire planet.
0: I appreciate you for helping me create this this new movie. I made something new. Yeah, that, that no, I'll definitely give, there. That, give that a chance. And like, all all great, everything good stems from something else and, like, has some sort of roots. That's why, like, the, the further and further you go back into good storytelling or, like, just good stories in general, like, they're ancient. Like, it's just, like, I don't know how many times you still tell the same thing with different elements to it. So it makes perfect sense. And, like, honestly, I'm like, I felt like we, we've opened up this world where people are now going to start using the Alien franchise for future installments or, like, new stories, but, like, using pulling things from this, so everything builds off each other.
1: Well, what's so great is all of them connect to, you know, and look at what, what is the title of Prometheus, right? Prometheus is an ancient Greek story about one of the Titans who takes, you know, fire from the gods. And it's the whole philosophical premise the entire series is talking about is just because we have the intelligence and capacity to create fire or the intelligence and capacity to create our artificial intelligence or in David's case, the intelligence or capacity to manipulate the engineer's black goo to create a xenomorph, just because yeah. you have the ability to do it, should you? Now, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the question. That's the ethical question for all of these is that it, just because you have the means to do it. Should you? And, and what's another great movie that did the great idea yes. in a completely different direction? Jurassic Park, right? When Jeff Goldblum's character is talking to, talking to them, he's saying, yeah, you know, you guys give with a great idea. And the first thing you think is, I want to bag it, I want to ship it, and I want to sell it. Boom, now you're selling it. Boom, now you're selling it. Boom, you're selling it. But never once did anybody yeah. stop to think, is this something that we should do? And it's so human of us to go, oh, yeah, maybe there's a problem. And now this entire park is getting overrun by, arguably not dinosaurs. They're genetically mutated with amphibians to to close the sequence. They're they're fucking monsters. And now people have died. And now now we have a problem on our hands. And it's just it's so human of us where it's it's the other ancient history analogy that we all use, Pandora's box. You know, the second you acquire some form of knowledge that you can tell is a little beyond you. You've, you've made it, you've worked it, but you don't understand it fully. Is it the right thing to to exercise that? And I have a sneaking suspicion with David being the bad guy in this third installment, something's got to happen. Either there's going to be some weird new, like what happens if, what yeah. happens if a Xenomorph gets into an Android? Because in all the previous installments, when Xenomorphs get into humans, they kind of take on their attributes. What is going to happen there? So A, it would give us something new that um, we haven't seen before. Which is what if what if David gets his own? What if in the end he creates something that takes him down, and he learns the same lesson we have and the same lesson the engineers have, which is you know your pursuit for power ultimately leads to your demise because the power of your curiosity is just too dangerous. So that's my my hope in theory is maybe maybe we'll see some weird android origin originated xenomorph that will be David's demise in the next film when we see the main character from. Um,
0: uh, from
1: um, covenant, kind yeah. Of
0: pick to, pick that out, you know. No, I, we'll I think I, have to wait. No, see. I think that's perfect. I, honestly, I think that's a good place. We we even kind of wrap it up here. That like they don't know. We have we have time to speculate. We have time to guess. That, to kind of come up with different theories. I'm already yeah. in my head. I'm still kind of stuck on the like how the human creation and all that stuff, and then dinosaurs, aliens, and things like that. And I'm, like started to think about. It. I'm like, whoa, that'd be a cool idea. I'm like, yeah, I almost love to just like kind of. Hear what what Ridley Scott because you know that like not everything, all of his ideas make it to the screen. I mean, there's there's tons of things that he would love to probably bring sure. to the screen, but he just could not because like you know you you bring it to the like the boardroom, you tell them there's like sorry that that's not going to line with audiences, but they're super geeky people like us they would just like to know a little more about this university he created and how he explained it, the rules that he made for it and like how like some of the things he put in there, but Hey, there's only a certain amount of things that you can kind of put into a story, like what from like six or seven years, like at a time, like there's things to get cut out. So I don't know, there's a lot left to kind of guess and wonder about.
1: Totally is. And maybe that's the topic for our next conversation is, you know, this is more of a review, kind of a resetting, we're, we're stepping away from Raised by Wolves a little bit. We can jump back to it if it's relevant in the conversation. But what might make the most sense is, you know, driving some curiosity. Um, what thoughts or ideas do you have that is worth you and me just discussing at a very high level of maybe there's some things he thought of that he didn't put in the films? Maybe questions you and I can ask about how things interact that might be different or unanswered. And maybe the next conversation we have is kind of a recap from this and just a organic yeah. fun conversation about what if maybe that's the title of the episode. It's yeah. Alien uh, Universe like, what I found ifs. several like that. YouTube
0: videos hour long like just talking about like, cause th- th- I didn't realize how much media there was. I'll, I'll be <laughs> completely honest. I was, I was ignorant of like, there's video games, so there's much. like graphic it's novels, so crazy. there's different like short stories just about everywhere. I'm like, well, oh, if yeah. they all kind of play with the same rules. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do oh, with yeah. it.
1: Oh man. If I were to make any suggestion, Aliens vs. Predator video games are great. There's some that are better or worse than others. I think the Uh first one was on the Super Nintendo, which is a side-scroller. Then there was a great PC game that was a first-person shooter. Um, There was, like, two of those. And then they got Aliens vs. Predator on the Xbox 360. That was a great game. It kind of dived into a little bit more. But also, Marvel Comics, um, I think. Uh No, sorry, it wasn't Marvel. It was Dark Horse Comics they did an entire series on aliens. So there's all kinds of great stuff you and I could dig into and and kind of ask and, and drive the conversation more of just what is going on in the alien universe and whether it's really mm-hmm. Scott or James Cameron's version in aliens. Yeah. I'd say to so. I'm like, ask more there, questions it's just the,
0: this is exactly what I came here for. It's just like fun conversation of what if kind of escape a little bit and talk about this entire, like something that's just so rich there. There's so much to it. And like, we're talking about it. So I'm like, he created one thing that yeah. we're doing right now. And then eventually someone's going to create something off of it. Just like the engineers, the humans and the androids. It's... The day you and I get someone listening to this podcast and creating
1: something for it is the day that I'll be something exactly. for joy that we have any effect to anyone else. Other than me just having a fun outlet to talk to one of my best buds about, you know, <laughs> this is really fun. I feel very selfish. I've been a huge fan of the alien verse for a long time, but getting your brain to plug into it and get your take on things is just an absolute ride. It's
0: like we know it's a, over again. So I'm, I'm the first that time that energy, going. and I know exactly the feeling. Like you love it, but then you like you get re-engaged into it. It, it makes it so much fun. Yeah, but I, I'd say that's good for the night. I uh, appreciate yeah. Thanks, Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll let you end it, Michael.
1: Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, subscribe at any time and uh, DM us if you have any questions. Stay or curious. Any